0: Um, yeah.
1: Well that it's appropriate that we use that bumper son from Walker Hayes. And I think during the summer in Red Hawk season I was calling him Luke Walker or Walker Bryan, but that is Walker Hayes. <laughs> And uh, we are at Applebee's, and, and the Jack Michaels show. This is like a second home for the Jack Michaels show. Not just cause I'm gonna hang with my buddy Brett Yeager, who's gonna tell us all about new lunch menus. His staff is the, the staff is working great. We're gonna get all of that. But I mean, we were we we last year, last couple of years, we come here, we hang out. I'm gonna tell you about you know, it looks fantastic. It looks like they've. They've added some things since the last time I was in this one. But we are broadcasting live from Applebee's today on 13th Avenue South in Fargo. I have already drank a fettuccine Alfredo. I know that... I used the, the verb drank there, but that's how good it was. Sometimes it, they tell you to enjoy it a little longer. I put mine in pretty quick, Derek, and now that was done, <laughs> but I'm having my my soft drink here. And uh, it is a Tuesday edition on the show, which means the television voice of the Twins, Dick Bremer, will be along with us. Uh, and Dick would love to be here, too, but he's got a home game uh, today against the A's to call. So Dick will join us at 1220. And we'll get through a, a busy day. On top of everything today, stop to Applebee's, your chance to win some Megadeth uh, tickets uh, as well. You know, we, we always like to, to bring presents and gifts. And for tuning in, like we do when we're at the, the, the show in the studio, that concert's coming up around the corner. So awfully uh, good to be here. That last voice you heard was Joe Namath. Now, Derek, before we get Brett's take on this, old Joe and I forget the show he was on. I don't know if I think that was a new. I think that was Michael Kay's radio show in New York. Sure. Were we just talking about uh, this week how you know, everybody just throwing throwing daggers out on that? And why turns out Joe not a big fan of Zach Wilson <laughs> and the Jets, He did not hold back, Derek.
2: Yeah, well, I mean,
1: I, I, yeah,
2: no filter there, obviously. And I don't know if it's his antics or ever. And we're talking about Broadway Joe here, right? But I think. I think what comes off of Zach Wilson, I think, and Joe you know, probably knows a little bit of this, is the teammate part of it, too, right? And that's kind of what has been brought up with him. So, yeah, he didn't pull many punches whatsoever. And, boy, Zach Wilson, he just is a guy who needs a fresh start somewhere else, right? I mean, if they are going to make a trade for another quarterback, I hope he's along with it. <laughs> I, I just don't know what, what more you can say on that. And if that's going to be the case, where you're going to have this, it's a, it's to the time. Why why don't they call a Carson Wentz or a Matt Ryan? I it's just crazy to me
1: it's not going to end well, I don't think. You know, that that's the bottom line. And, and these these guys that have played, and they, they you know, it's like me. Uh, you know, I don't know what school you went to in Madison, uh, Brett. Uh, by the way, thanks for having us out today. Yeah. yeah. Glad to have you. Good to see you. <laughs> <laughs> right, we'll get to your summer and subsequent fall, because I know you've probably been at four corners of the earth. <laughs> He's been a busy man. Including. When you have a son that plays for a team that makes the Little League World Series, yeah, it's probably been a pretty busy and different summer, and, and relatively cheap. Unbelievable how inexpensive yeah. it is to travel all over the world today on that. But, but we all want our, our alma maters, and in this, in Joe's case, his New York Jets, to do well. Brian Tarka wants not probably his Vikings uh, to do well. Derek, I tried to pick a quarterback that was a Viking for a, long, a longer period of time to actually go back and want his team to go there. I haven't had a lot of tenured quarterbacks there in Minnesota. Uh, so, oh, I want Wilson Coyotes to, to perform at a high level. You know, we all want to do that. You know, so what is the answer? And, and to Derek's point, you know, I know Matt Ryan said that he enjoys his um, – his gig, and he didn't personally contact the Jets, but his agent did, and of course he did. You know, anytime you got an agent, that's what they get paid to do. Carson went same situation, and the Jets said, "Nope." You know, Zach's our guy. This isn't gonna, you know. Notice how I'm diverting the Viking stock here, but this this with the Jet situation, phew, oof, not good.
3: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, not good at all. But I don't, I don't,
1: I don't get it. Either. But I don't know what the answer, Make- the answer. is, yeah, trade him. I guess I get. You know, what are you going to bring in? Right. What?
3: Stand behind your man. Apparently,
1: is what they're doing. Oh, Tammy Wynette, baby, that's a good <laughs> reference right there. Stand by your man. I, I, Paul Allen, brought up. You know, Derek. I was locked into PA show, as we are every day. But uh, it it is, uh, you know, he brought up the what everything comes to when you start out a one three. And then everybody in the world tells you that how many teams made the postseason that started 0-3 and, and and you justify. So then a lot of fans, and I haven't heard much of this, I guess, around our circles, Derek and Brett, but but the whole tank thing. The whole, now you're 0-3, you know, let's tank and get the big pick and let's, let's solidify. I have heard, certainly, if, if, if Kirk Cousins and then the Jets come calling, for a trade with the Vikings, I think it's a call you got to take and make. But Derek, how much of the old tanks and we get a high draft pick conversation? Have you literally heard from your your circle of Viking fans?
2: A lot, you know. Oh, I mean, you have. Yeah, 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 a lot. I mean, I and I was text as early as the third quarter of the game. I was getting as I was sitting in U.S. Bank Stadium. So you get a lot And and I, you know, a couple of weeks ago, I got a call on on my show over on KFJO, and the biggest the big problem we have, and it's related to your favorite football team. Mm-hmm. we're still trying to write the Herschel Walker trade, right? So every once in a while we get the Boy. call, yeah, they should trade Justin Jefferson, get a bunch of players and picks. I mean, it's not going to happen. You build around Justin Jefferson. I mean, how can we not learn from the Randy Moss trade where you essentially got Troy Williamson and Napoleon Harris for Randy Moss? That didn't work out good for anybody. He didn't work out well in Oakland. And Troy Williamson sure as heck didn't work out for the Vikings. You got it. You don't trade Justin Jefferson. There's just they're not going to get you a Herschel Walker trade back. That's not going to work. It's not. If you are looking at, you know, Williams or the the Pennant kid from Washington, I who I think you saw, right? I mean, yep, or yep, uh, yep. I mean, that. I mean, okay. But let that happen. And if you want to trade up, if you don't fall where you want to in the top ten or whatever, go move up. If you want a franchise quarterback, go do that. It's not illegal. I know Mensa and Spielman before him like to trade down. But you can do that, and that's fine. I mean, and get a young quarterback to throw it to Justin Jefferson will be just fine for me. But it, it is – the thing about worrying about that when a 17-game schedule, and kind of like the conversation I had with Christian Derris on Sunday that I played back, it, it's it's a 17-game schedule. A lot can happen. This, you know, there's no world beaters right now, and yet Green Bay and Detroit are going to beat up on each other on Thursday nights. It just – I'm not saying they're going to make the playoffs, but you just kind of have to let it play out. I, I I don't know if you purposely tank on this deal, and I don't know if getting rid of Kirk Cousins helps anyone in this situation. And I, I don't think it's going to even help the Jets, to be honest with you.
1: I think when you haven't, and this is by no means a shot at all, but when you haven't won a Super Bowl, you know, when you when you when you have an organization that has had some success and it is that, but haven't won the the whole. The enchilada, right? The whole, the whole thing, you know. You can't send messages of, of capitulation and defeat defeat to your fan base like year after year. You can't. Like, to your point, Derek. You know that what I'm making is kind of maybe Derek's point, Brett, is that when you have some of the pillars that that might help you get to the to the to the next level, you build around that instead of, you know, let's see what we can get, or maybe two of those five we can get, maybe in the draft we can get, and all of a sudden your your fan base, as loyal as they are, you know, they they want to see results. I'm with Derek on that, Brett. I, I think, you you know, you don't sit here and start dangling the JJs around. You, you ink that up and keep that on your roster, right? Agreed. Yeah, that's it. You know, Clark Griswold, when he took the family, <laughs> out to Wally World. There's a lot of problems in between. Oh, wait, Wally World was closed when he got there. Well, I mean, <laughs> think of it, too. So
2: you, let's say you tr- trade away Justin Jefferson get four draft picks, right?
0: Yeah. Uh,
2: okay, what if, what if one of them turns out to be Lacan Treadwell or, you know, Ezra James? We want to go down the bus? I mean, there's a lot of hits. Don't get me wrong. I mean, Justin Jefferson's one. Think how lucky this organization was to trade away Stefan Diggs and get Justin Jefferson. I mean that is a right, right, I mean right. that is pretty lucky that you get a guy who's better in the clubhouse, by the way, and a guy who's a superstar in the making. You don't trade him away at this point. You just don't because there, there's too much of a risk when it comes to the NFL draft. Jimmy Johnson, Jerry Jones, yeah, they played the Vikings like a fiddle. That was nineteen eighty nine. You're not gonna resurrect that. You you gotta build within draft right. The thing that's haunting this team is Mensa's first draft was a bust. Lewis yep. Seen and Andrew Booth Jr. have not worked out. I mean, it just, they should have stayed where they're at. And then to trade as far back as they did and not get a first rounder and letting your rival go up and draft a, a wide receiver, that's just, that's ridiculous. A wide receiver can't, you know, is out because he's betting on football. But, you know, even if you sit there and you pick up the the kid from Washington that helped out the Chiefs last year to win the Super Bowl, you're in a better spot. They just, they got to be better about draft day, too. And I, I, I'm going to be curious Sunday. You know, they let no. Thielen go, and Addison has looked good so far, but he hasn't had a lot of touches, right? That's going to be an interesting thing to watch because I was not in favor of letting Thielen go because I think that he still did a lot for you, including moving chains, and they haven't moved the chains as much in their own three.
1: And, and, and I go back to it, it and, and I'm not saying the guys aren't, aren't trying. When you, when you make deals on draft day, you're right. You're obviously attempting to do something. You're, you're trying to accumulate or, or you're trying to, you know, trade away because you've earmarked someone that's going to maybe have a more immediate impact. So the draft is is really all about the positioning of that, guys. And, and uh, But I go back to a uh, fan base that's so hungry. I don't know of another NFL, well, there's probably a couple NFL fan bases that are more hungry that deserve something better. <laughs> they, Derek. They just deserve something better than zero and three, and all this conversation about tanking and we should tank and go get a draft. And my, my gosh, you're already driving on the frontage road and you just started the car to get on the highway. You know, it's, it's like, it's like, come on, man. Let's. Uh, so uh, I, I'm, I'm feeling, I'm feeling it today. Well, if they go zero and P- five
2: it, after the Chiefs game, then. I Fun. think, no, yeah. Forget about I it.
1: Mate, man. I love watching. It. Yeah, you're, uh, back, you're you, you grew up in Madison, right? <laughs> yep. Yeah, yeah. Notice how Brett hasn't chimed in much, mm-hmm. uh, by the way. As a uh, you and Tom Shemansky. and you know, I'm like, well, you know, we're doing a we got Jordan Love. we yeah. I guess we might be okay in Green Bay. Yeah. Considering you your old
2: you? quarterback is not <laughs> playing, yeah, that's a that's yeah. a. Yeah. I yeah, mean, that... talk about having a horseshoe. You know where? Oh my heavens, you guys! You're just an embarrassment of riches.
1: Oh, oh, Aaron, Down yeah. that hurt a little bit, even hurt, my, he was hurt my fantasy league, for sure, <laughs> <laughs> or my fantasy team. <laughs> Speaking of which, I know nobody cares about mine, but thank you, Joe Mixon, for getting to <laughs> the end zone last night, for goodness sakes. And, uh, you know, the Centennial Elementary kid out of Fargo, North Dakota, Joe Burrow. Uh, eh, you know, he, 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 yeoman-like effort. I mean, they got a win, and it wasn't sexy, but he's dealing with that calf, and he looks like he's a little rusty and whatnot that's but what's they, impressive Mike. goodness they got her done yeah. right Derek
2: yeah you you beat that team <laughs> I mean Aaron Donald's in front of you and you're on half a leg that's that's something
1: <laughs> yeah, he just breathing down on, on that old thing so Joe Namath I had to include that cut today blasting and uh the last time I said Joe I think Susie Culber was putting a microphone <laughs> in uh, in front of Joe and you never know what's going to go out uh, we are at Applebee's today, 13th Avenue South. Hey, real quick, uh, Dick Brammer coming up, and we're going to have uh,
3: the whole show to chat. But new, uh, some new lunch menu. Yeah, huh? yeah, lunch menu is back. And, uh, you know, it went away for a while, and, and uh, the demand was there. So we brought the, the lunch menu back, and it includes a breadstick and a drink. Um, and you got plenty of options on there.
1: Mm. I see people, I don't know, Derek, Derek, I'll throw five at you. Well, I'll throw three at you of the soups. French onion. Tomato, basil, chicken, tortilla. Which way are you going? As tortilla. Up, no. Not even
2: an easy answer. Not
1: even. Yep. Yeah,
3: I'm a- on his automatic. side. Automatic?
1: Absolutely. All right. Do you go in house salad with that?
2: Do you have a Caesar option? or?
1: I do have a Caesar option. Yeah. you have a Caesar There option. you go. Yeah, look at that. My goodness. Then you can, you can upgrade. I'm going club grill. <laughs> well, <laughs> look at you. And you upgrade for like eight quarters. Yeah. <laughs> 20 dimes. You got 20 dimes. You can upgrade and grab yourself a... A club grill, as you said, a grilled cheese, an oriental, half-oriental salad. I mean, this is good. Then you can upgrade even to a premium. Now, this is really out there. That's 12 quarters. You could find probably even your car on the way over to Applebee's, by the way. And that uh, half uh, broccoli chicken alfredo, which is what I had. Uh, today, half three cheese chicken penny or a four cheese mac and cheese. So the lunch menu is back. My guess is you know we we live in a world of protesting where people picketing going. Brad, seriously, yeah, get- they wanted it back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We, <laughs> we, were, it. we were intimidated, so we had to. Yeah, we you it did. Back. <laughs> you, 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 you did a good cave in Going, I get it. We understand how popular it is at Applebee's and and uh, that short company live today on Thirteenth Avenue South in Fargo. Uh, I, I I told Brad had had a busy uh, summer. And we'll have time later to talk about this. But, Derek, how do I bury this lead? You know, we were doing Little League Night in America and watching those uh, the the youth from Fargo, these 11- and 12-year-olds, go to Williamsport. How
3: was it, Dad? Well, if I ever have to stay in another hotel, (laughs) it's too soon. How much are hotel (laughs) rates from here to Williamsport? Uh, Yeah. Uh, yeah really yeah,
1: It's very inexpensive <laughs> <laughs> that's one thing derek and i are back here going wow and, and thank goodness a lot of the teams were some of them were raising dollars because we had not just the fargo team but we had other uh you know both sides of the river that were heading to to major uh, yeah west
3: fargo went down to uh, lake of the ozarks i think and yeah and Branson, and jamestown and
1: new york had uh, i think more had uh, had a team out, out there so yeah. that was all good but an experience
3: like no other. I Little League World Series. I wouldn't trade. I, I, as you know, I have four boys, two right. older ones that are in college. Um, all the stuff that I've done with youth sports over the years—that was the coolest experience. Mm. Not only for us as parents, but as spectators, and then obviously our kids were on cloud nine the whole time. I mean, treated like uh, like major leaguers. I mean, it was an, it was incredible.
1: What, what were the grounds like? The stadium, like the the, the hills and people, the sliding down and big league games going on, and
3: what, what what was all that like? I mean, it's literally buried in the – you pull into Williamsport, and you wouldn't even know. You'd see a big flag, and then it's kind of buried in the hills, and you and you get up there, and, and the kids stay in an Olympic village-type okay. area that we don't have access to, so we didn't get a chance to, to go see where they slept. I mean, we could see the, the dormitories. You could just zip in and say hi to Hudson? No. And... Nope, nope. And the only time we saw them was when, the, when, when coaches released them. They were watching a game or maybe during practice – um yeah they had a swimming pool an arcade they did their laundry i mean it was absolutely an incredible experience and like i told you had i known 10 years ago with my older boys right i would have just taken a trip out there just to go just just just, just to have them see it because it's open to the public it's free um you know the hill the sliding hill i right, mean yeah right. coaches sliding down the hill the kids i mean just an experience and the people out there from all over the world just fantastic
1: Man alive! What a scene! And uh, boy, did they make the region proud. As all these teams did that that play in the postseason, but uh, they played tough and finished on a win. I think in the they had an international game, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, we played the Czech Republic. Czech that Republic. was super
3: neat. We played up in the in a in another town just north of uh, of Williamsport, up in this little area, and it was a little league, uh, you know, um, just a little league field up there. But it was it was fantastic, and the Czech team was was great. The kids were, I mean. You know, you, it's is not baseball, like you could steal any signs from those guys, right? Or, or right, not, <laughs> they don't even have to have signs; they in, can just in say check, what They, they, want they to go, do. "We're throwing a curveball." Yeah. you know.
1: Like, All right, I'm not sure already said dad but I'm, I, But it shows that baseball is universal. Absolutely, right? I mean, you know, it, it, absolutely. absolutely. So and they were a great speak team. Speaking yep. Japanese, Chinese,
3: English, Spanish, you know, Czech. And the cool thing is, the kids got to stay like they're they're their partner, or their dorm sweet mates, mates or whatever sweet mates. Yeah. It was the uh, was the team from the Caribbean, the Kirasau. kids. I'll be darned. So, I mean, one thing Hudson said that he really enjoyed was getting a chance to meet all these people from all over, from different countries. I mean, they they were they were uh, they had a lot of fun. So,
1: when Hudson's in the big leagues, the Kurosaki kids can, can say, "Hey, look, I played with that yeah. kid."
3: <laughs> yeah, isn't that? <laughs> <laughs> or does it, happened to I don't it know happen? it primarily happen, the, but... other <laughs> right. the other way around? Sometimes <laughs> Right. the other way around. I can tell you this: all he wants to do now, since he's been home, is go to is play ping pong every night. Oh. So they, they they played a ton of ping pong out there, and every night we got to play ping pong before you. That's uh, a great
1: Brett Yeager joining us uh, today, and, and uh, obviously we're here to talk about the Applebee's too. But how do I how do I let that go? Stick around, Dick Bremer coming up around the corner. I'm sure Dick will enjoy uh, Williamsport too. And Twins fans are enjoying the fact that this is it. The Minnesota Twins have a half a dozen games remaining, and then the postseason. The kicker: not sure who they're going to play. Uh, let's talk about that. Dick Bremer coming up next. Coming live from Applebee's. And lunch menu is back. Great options for you. Tuesday on the Jack Michaels Show. Derek Hansen in our fan studios, The fifth largest daytime signal in the country. Jack Michael's coming live from Applebee's today on 13th Avenue South in Fargo. Dick Bremer coming to us from his... Palatial Estate getting ready to call the final homestand of the regular season as we talked was brought to you by Jefferson Lines. Dick, great to hear your voice. And, hmm, has anything happened since last Tuesday when we sp- – oh, yeah, there was that thing on Friday <laughs> night, <Dick. laughs> Hey, congratulations to uh, the yeah, broadcasters, it, the fans. It was a lot of fun. It was
0: really nice to see this team uh, clinch something on the field rather than in the clubhouse and waiting for a later game to finish, or there was a decent chance when we talked last week that they could have clinched on an off day, which really would have been weird. But I think it's better for everybody, certainly the players, the broadcasters, but more importantly the the fans, to be able to you know, get the ground ball. It was headed to second base. Julian made the play. He got the final out, and then everybody goes crazy. That was a lot of fun.
2: Yeah, I was actually pulling for Baltimore to win Thursday for that reason because I knew it was it was going to happen. I just wanted it to happen at Target Field. I think a lot of the fans felt the same way.
0: You know, it, uh, most of the clinchings lately have been in the clubhouse, waiting for you know, uh, you know, a game to finish in Oakland or what have you, and uh, it has a completely different feel for it. Uh, the players would tell you, and Rocco Baldelli would tell you. But as crazy as things got in the clubhouse, the part they enjoyed the most was sharing the clinch out on the field with the fans.
1: Dick, uh, it, you know, about that game, so I'm taking I'm it in. I know you could speak to it as a broadcaster standpoint because coincidentally, it's not like. That ninth inning went lickety-split, and the game was over, and the Twins celebrated. I think kind of drawn on. I'm thinking for Dick and or Chris or Dan, or Chris, I guess, was calling on the radio side, Dick on the television side, you know, you're kind of sitting up, and here's the one-two foul ball, and here's the two-two, and it's right. three-and-two, and here's the three. <laughs> it, it, it drained a little bit, Dick, but you nailed it, buddy.
0: Well, I appreciate that. I uh I've been around long enough to know, and I I predicted it uh, when the inning started. You know, Duran has this crazy uh, walk-up entrance music and all that and gets everybody fired up, and uh, you could tell. I mean, they were standing. They were into that inning from the very beginning, and I think I said at the start, you know, the crowd will roar with every strike, and then I just didn't say anything as he delivered strike one, strike two. So that time I was right, but then you're right. It did drag on. I think Duran was probably pitching to his last batter, had yeah, the bases loaded, 3-2 and two and all that. But he threw a strike, got the out, and that's all that anybody's going to remember.
2: I, I'm sorry I missed you on Saturday. I was down at the Saturday's game, and uh, Sonny Gray pitched really well. Obviously, they had the uh, day-after-celebration lineup in there. He didn't get much run support. But, boy, he's a real interesting guy, and just the fact that he you know, appreciates his craft quite a bit. And if they're going to go far in the postseason, he's going to maybe be the guy, and he certainly has – you know, what he has done so far has been pretty remarkable. His record isn't indicating what he has done for the Twins so far this season.
0: And I would take it one step further. I don't. I can't remember a time when the Twins had, going into a playoff uh, situation, uh, two front-line starting pitchers, right? I mean, the one year in 06, it was going to be Santana and Lariano, but then Lariano blew his elbow out. And so I think it was Booth bombser pitched, you know, the second game, what you, what you ideally would like to have, and the Twins have it, is if Pablo Lopez gets the call in game one and has a rough game or loses two to one, well, it's nice to have somebody to kind of, you know, straighten the table legs again in the, uh, in the next game. And the Twins have that with Sonny Gray. And what's really interesting to me is, I mean, right now, if the playoffs ended, uh, the Twins would be playing Houston. Uh, and it's a best of three. And and Houston may have to play it all the way out to get into the playoffs in the first place, which means Verlander may pitch, you know, on Sunday, which means he wouldn't be available to pitch perhaps at all in that wild card series game, which would start on Tuesday. So it's really a huge advantage for the Twins who have clinched it. They don't have anything more to play for in terms of playoff standing. An outside chance that they could get a buy, but that's very remote at this point. And so the fact that they were able to clinch and they'll be able to set up their rotation the way they want to is a huge advantage. Given you know the the clot at the top of the wild card standings and how it seems to be changing every day.
1: I think that's a uh, that's a really good point that Dick makes right there. And that's that's really what you play for, isn't it, Dick? To be in that spot. Uh, to force your would-be opponents to have to to, to empty out their ammunition before they they kind of come in and play you, and nothing's guaranteed uh, by any means. And, and and as we touched on this last week, Dick, and, and I guess uh, are we of Pablo and Sonny, and and maybe Rock, maybe the Twins have designated their one-two, Dick. I'm not sure, but Pablo, Sonny, Sonny, Pablo.
0: They've uh, they've established their top two starters. They haven't said yet, nor do I expect they will okay. until after the season plays out as to who's going to go where. It'll depend on the opponent. And, you know, it's everything is so detailed now in terms of, well, okay, Pablo Lopez has this pitch mix. This would work best against Seattle. Sonny Gray has this pitch mix. He That would work more against Houston, Toronto, what have you. And so the, I don't expect that they're going to say, hey, Pablo Lopez is our number one starter. He would be my pick. But I don't expect they'll come out and say that until they absolutely have to, which would probably be Monday.
1: Sure, sure. Uh, I did have one more for you uh, since last we spoke. Uh, Chris Paddock. And, uh, and, and I think we're, we're maybe looking at maybe Sunday, but, but Chris Paddock has, has become, you know, a little late story resurgence or return uh, to Minnesota Twins. Where are we sitting with Chris Paddock, uh, Dick, not only for the remainder of the, the season, but obviously he's under contract for a, for a couple of years. And from what I understand, anxious to really be part of the, the equation for Minnesota Twins baseball.
0: Well, I've, I've gotten to know Chris a little bit, and I know how hard he worked because he wanted to be a factor for this Twins team late in the season, having had Tommy John surgery 16 months earlier. I felt so bad for him on Sunday, because when you have, when you, for whatever reason, if you miss the game for more than a year, and it takes a lot of work to get back to the game, and Chris certainly went through that, he was warmed up in the bullpen on Sunday. And was going to make his triumphant return, regardless of what happened. If he'd come into the ball game and gotten shelled, but his arm felt good afterwards. That's the the big deal when you miss that much time. And he was walking in from the bullpen, and they brought the tarp on the field, and the rain delay was 50 minutes, I guess. Well, there's no way the Twins could take this man who was just coming off Tommy John surgery have him warm up, and then sit for another 50 minutes and then put him back out there. So he couldn't pitch. I suspect he'll pitch tonight. But the encouraging thing for Chris uh, and Twins fans, when he was pitching in St. Paul, his uh, fastball ticked up to 96-98. And so I think there's going to be a a real good possibility that he'll find his way into this playoff bullpen, and the Twins are really going to have some power arms out there.
2: That is certainly good news because, I mean, that – I think we kind of know that, you know, as you mentioned, the rotations can be pretty good. Then the question is, how are they going to set up the bullpen? And I think one of the more frustrating things for me, even though they've been very successful, is not really having defined roles with this bullpen. But that's what we're sitting at right now is they're going to have to figure that and how many pitchers they want on that postseason roster.
0: It'll depend, uh, of course, on what happens in the first two games. Uh, And if there is a game three in that first playoff round, I can imagine teams and the twins might be one of them, you know, go with their starter Joe Ryan, whomever, and then a mix of four, five, maybe even six relief pitchers will be tasked to just get one you know, pitch one inning and and you know, creating a scenario where for this do or die game, game three of the best of three series, no batter would get to see the same pitcher even twice in the game. I think that's very possible that we'll see some teams do that if any of the wild card series go to a third game.
1: Talking Twins baseball with Dick Bremer, brought to you by Jefferson Lines. I was looking back, and I I know we're not done with the season, Dick, but I was reading some tidbits on on this major league baseball season as a whole how you know home teams winning percentage is just 521 which someone did the numbers on this that's the lo- you got to go back to 1999 uh, to find a 521 home team winning uh, clip then i was looking at you know you know Royce Lewis has had the four grand slams this year which we've talked about oftentimes the amazing slugging percentage of the Atlanta Braves as a whole here's a team that's closing in on, on minnesota's home run mark and they have all those stolen bases to go with it i don't think any team have, have combined those two so dick personally for you when you look back maybe in just your eyes uh, regarding the twins we can even be more specific than that when you look back over this season i'll be at six games remaining uh, one or two things that that jump off the page to you
0: well i think the twins stole four bases in april and then we saw because they were able to get the Willie Castro and Michael A. Taylor on base a lot, Uh, they opened up their playbook a lot. We saw a lot of safety squeezes, double steals, and I think the Twins, there are certainly teams out there that that have run the bases more aggressively than the Twins have. But I think the Twins are a good example of what the rule changes have meant for the game. Even the Twins are much more creative on the bases, trying to go first to third mentioned the double steals, safety squeezes and all that. So I think the rule changes have done what they were intended to do, which is to make the game more entertaining because the Twins were as power-happy as anybody in baseball, and they do have a mix. And if Willie Castro can stay healthy and Michael A. Taylor uh, Andrew Stevenson also I think is going to be on the playoff roster. He's a base-stealer. Baseball has successfully, I think, brought the stolen base back.
1: I'd love to hear that, uh, Derek, especially on an anniversary today, our good friend and my longtime uh, broadcast partner on this date, 1962, Maury Wills. Maury became the first player to steal 100 bases, and and it's great that Dick is talking about that kind of back into baseball. I mean, Dick, when Maury was doing it, I mean, he stole more than than entire teams did as an individual, but uh, I agree with you, Dick. I I think, you know, first to third, safety squeezes, taking a bag, maybe even a double steal from time to time, uh, that's that's fun ball. That, that's winning fun ball, isn't it, Dick?
0: Yeah, and I, I, it could be just my imagination. But the sense I get, having seen an awful lot of baseball games this year, that the game is much more entertaining for the fans, whether they be in person in the ballpark or on TV watching it, uh, it just seems like people are less connected to their cell phones while they're watching a game. Uh, and The pitch clock has a big a part uh, of that as well, a big reason for it. Uh, it's a, just a much more entertaining game with, what, 25 minutes taken off the average game time. And I think, as I discussed with you guys earlier in the year, that doesn't sound like that much. But then you multiply it times 162, and it comes up to three days that we have that we didn't have just because the players had their walk-up music and pitchers you know, dawdled on the mound and all that. It's just a much better product than and I hope baseball does a really good job marketing that.
2: Injury-wise, I don't think there's any doubt that this team's going to do anything in October. They're going to need the left side of the infield in there, and Carlos Correa and Royce Lewis, I mean, for them to be successful, they're going to have to be in there, and that's going to be something to watch here this last week. I know they're on the injured list, and you know how they can come back from that is going to be a key factor to finally break that curse that they have of winning a postseason game.
0: Yeah. Yeah, one of the... uh, big turnarounds for the twins and over the course of the season was their ability to hit left-handed pitching and the reasons are pretty obvious Correa started hitting left-handed pitching Royce Lewis absolutely shredded left-handed pitching Byron in the past Byron Buxton in the past has been pretty good against lefties so you've got three right-handed batters that can really raise havoc with left-handed pitching in a playoff series. And we don't know whether one, two, three, or any of them are going to be in or on the active roster to play. Now, my sense is that Correa is almost a lock. Uh, He told me the day after his uh, plantar fasciitis popped in Cincinnati they'd have to amputate his leg not to have him uh, in the lineup and and on the roster. And I I think uh, he's, he's pretty confident. I think the twins are he'll be there. Maybe less so for Royce Lewis. One of the complicating things, believe it or not, Royce Lewis's injury is a hamstring. They would love to have him come back and, and get a couple games in uh, in uh, Denver. The problem is the elevation there is a factor when you're dealing with soft tissue uh, injuries uh, or, you know, what have you. And I don't think, from what I've heard, that that's the best place to try to bring a player off the injured list with the elevation and uh, all of that. So if Royce makes the first round, then he may have to, you know, take his first meaningful at-bats in a playoff game rather than having, you know, four at-bats, eight at-bats, whatever, in Denver.
1: Good insight today from Dick Bremer, his presence, brought to you by Jefferson Lines. Before we let you leave, Dick, and as you mentioned, I'm on location today. Derek's in the studio. I'm at Applebee's. The man that oversees our broadcast is my friend Brett Yeager. He's in charge here. And I'm going to ask Dick Brett because uh, he's too humble, Dick. Uh, His son, Hudson. Was part of the Fargo Little League team that that made the the Little League World Series in Williamsport, Pennsylvania, and uh, so what a treat uh, it is. But but Dick, even big league broadcasters have been doing it as long as you have veterans. Probably still take in the Little League World Series. That probably gets you as excited as calling a big league game. I'm I'm assuming, huh, Dick?
0: Yes, it, yeah, and beyond that, I can promise you, every time we walked into Rocco Baldelli's office, the Little League World Series was on his TV in his in his office. <laughs> And so it, it's great. I think the the major leaguers really appreciate watching the the younger players, some of whom, of course, will make it to the big leagues too. So it's a great event. And yeah, congratulations to all the participants.
1: Yeah, Brett, that's pretty cool to hear, isn't it? Very they? cool. Right? Rocco and Dick, <laughs> these yeah. guys are locked in <laughs> on twelve-year-old. I don't know what I don't know what everybody's uh, highest point when they were eleven was, Dick, but mine certainly wasn't wasn't hanging out there with the kids from Curacao ready to play. <laughs> Baseball, for goodness' sake! So that yeah, that's pretty cool. I think mine was
0: not falling off my. I think mine was not falling off my bicycle.
1: (laughs) That was the highlight of my eleven years. And not ruining that rookie Hannes Wagner card that you had in your spokes, probably, that's probably worth uh, who knows what at this juncture. Yeah, that's probably it. Dick, as always, uh, congratulations to the Twins, and uh, we'll look forward to talking to you as the postseason uh, rolls on uh, next week. We'll see if it is indeed Houston or who it is. Thank you, Dick, for the time today. You got it. The great Dick Bramer joining us, uh, as he does every Tuesday, presented by Jefferson Lines. oh, yeah, that's I, – I, I can imagine that Rock was like, shut the door. I'm watching the rest of this Little League game until this one's over. Then I'll come out to my press conference. The I'm right just in all jacked up on, on baseball <laughs> talk today. But uh, we talk about – and, Derek, I don't know if baseball is going to get back, but you think of, of – and I get it, walk-off home runs and waving a ball fair – and you know, you know, the airs that go through legs that score runs and walk-off home runs. But when you think about it, one of the biggest thrilling parts to me of baseball is is you know that that winning run in the game five or seven, whatever you're whatever you're watching. If it's a seven-game series and a man's on second, and there's a, a simple base hit, and now you're going to see a a play at the plate, and that slide and that dust, and an umpire's call a safe, and the explodes and th- th- that uh, home runs i get it i like walk-offs they're fun bad tosses jog around the bases point of the bullpen I get, that's all great to me but what dick was talking about there brett there's some about just 90 feet or scoring from second on a little base hit to win a
3: that's that's oh, ball yeah and, like, they, and you need to, you didn't see it for the longest time no and now you're seeing more of it it's great
1: uh love to see it so uh the twins and dick's right obviously if the, if the uh, season ended today uh, they'd be facing the Houston Astros, and the fact that Houston's going to have to fight, um, you know, to, to secure spots. So right down to the wire, they're going to have to go, and that all bodes well for the Minnesota Twins. Now, once the second half, once the second season starts, anything can happen, you know. And, and another valid point, Derek, he made, when you look at guys that just absolutely crush and terrorize left-handed pitching, And when you talk about having a Royce Lewis and a Byron Buxton and a Carlos Correa, if only 33 and a third of those players are available, is it enough? If 67% of those players are available but not quite at full strength, you know, is it enough? Can the other guys run around? So, Derek, there are some glaring thoughts heading into the postseason for Minnesota. Not the very least of the concerns is probably the pitching. That should be the one constant.
2: Yeah, I mean, well, I think that you're feeling good about the starting pitching. It's kind of that until you get to Dur- Duran type of situation, right? That's what you're worried about. That's kind of what yeah. you're looking at, and yeah. and uh, that's that's what I'm always. I just, I, if anything, I've always been kind of questioned Rocco Badelli and his handling of the bullpen more than anything else. I think he's a good manager. Don't get me wrong, but you know, if we all sit in armchair quarterback, right, to borrow a term from another sport, so that's mm-hmm. a big part of it. And I, I just think that. that I don't think they can win anything without Royce Lewis. I think he has been a difference maker since he has come back from injury. And he seems to have that, what I talk about with Kirk Cousins, you know, go back to, say to say, Kirby Puckett had that it factor. I mean, that's. He's got an it. You nailed it. And and that's kind of what you have. And I think if they're going to make some noise, I think Royce Lewis is going to be a household name by the end of October if the Twins can do anything come postseason time here.
1: The Jack Michael Show coming to you live and direct from Applebee's, 13th Avenue South in Fargo. Uh, we, we've been talking about you know the lunch menu is back and all the great specials here at Applebee's. So easy to obviously it's, it's the great location too. <laughs> easy for us. Our station is located like a block and a half from here, so this is really a fun fun destination for us. But right on 13th, you, you pop in, you still have I'm sure the the car side stuff that, oh, that yeah. that's going car side to go and all that happy hour and things of that nature. When when it's
3: four o'clock and I'm heading out of the office and I. On a Friday, and you should be heading here. This is where you (laughs) should because (laughs) from three to five, we got half price apps, we got great drink specials. I mean, why go home? Come hang out with us. I've never taken
2: advantage of that living so you know (laughs) walking so close to there. Yeah, never, never. Especially the boneless wings. Yeah. Yeah, are, uh, they're rock solid. Football
1: this weekend. North Dakota State having the uh, the the uh, uh, homecoming game, and you know that's a one o'clock uh, 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 kickoff on Saturday afternoon against South Dakota, and then it's Hall of Fame uh, weekend. You know Tim Stralos being inducted, Jared Essler, who is a fantastic. And I'm, I was down there. I think I, what was I on the broadcast team when it, when Jared was playing? Uh, Jared's a Minot guy, a Ryan guy that was just a tremendous athlete. And then the 1983 Division II National Championship football team will be inducted with the, uh, the 51st annual, among others that are going in there, Paul Carlson, 157-pound wrestler. Uh, Derek, that's a 2003 national champion. Uh, Jess H- uh, Christensen Hodgson, uh, All-America outfielder, 2000 Division II National Championship team. Jenny Jost, or Jenny Gunderson now, great volleyball uh, uh, player and uh and uh, tamara Brudy, who's a, a sprinter just to name a few and the indoor national team 2002 that, uh, that's uh that's going in lisa kresky griffin a jumper on that so those are some of the hall of famers that are going in jared uh, estler you know he's coaching uh derek uh the uh, uh st michael albertville correct I yes i do believe so yep yeah. i mean when we lost jake Wallin, the Officer here in the tragic uh, shooting in July. As we learn more about Jake and what a great human being he was, we found out also played for Jared Essler at St. Michael Albertville. So uh, yeah, it was pretty neat. North Dakota State had the had those uh, the, 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 the 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 heroes, the surviving heroes, uh, and the Fargo PD and and, and Jake's appearance. Do the honorary coin toss, the last home game, if I'm not mistaken. And now you got the Hall of Fame game. So yeah, that's pretty good stuff. You can step, but Applebee's, you know, if you want to. Swing in! I'm sure, you're going to have the ball
3: game on in here, aren't yeah, you? Yeah, we will have the ball game on in here. Yeah, fantastic! I, mean, I go stand out in the cold when you can come, get <laughs> warm in here <laughs> and hang on
1: here. Yeah, and then your day is only getting going because you got more football all the way through. Yeah. The, when it's a one o'clock game. You can just see what else is happening. We just limit
3: naps to 15 minutes. So if you're going <laughs> to sleep at your table, 15 minutes only. It's
1: yeah. a large weekend for that, large weekend for UND. Um, you know, the, the Bubba's boys travel to Brookings, South Dakota. You heard Bubba on the montage says, look, if we want to be considered and be in the conversation, uh, we got to go down and not only play well, we got to pick, we got to get some wins. we got to get a, a signature win, a conference signature win on the road w- would be huge and that, that's in and, and when you're facing the defending champions and the number one ranked team in the uh, the country, that would be a conference signature win. I think my team's got it this weekend. I you think, think you got, got it? Yeah. yeah, you get the boys going to coming down. Maybe they want to. I could use maybe a spotter on the road. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they, are both, they are both coming home this weekend. <laughs> I mean, I'll pay them $19. At, uh, <laughs> yeah, I wanna,
2: you might be reverting back to what you guys were talking about baseball with uh, Dick, you know, and just talking about stolen bases and all that. Yep. Here's another thing, and it, granted it's only for the regular season, so we won't talk about this a lot in October, but don't you think that the art of bunting has to come back if we're going to keep this Ghost Runner and the extra ending rules thing going? I mean, they have to start teaching this again, right? I mean, because you are going to want to move a guy over to third base if you have, you know, kind of a punch-and-judy type of guy coming up. You know, let's say the eighth, ninth batter comes up, <laughs> come to the top or bottom of the tenth inning. You got to start learning how to bunt again, don't you?
1: Wow. that's uh, I think so. Yeah. I, I Well, Derek, I see it not only at that level, you know, <laughs> it, it, it wins games. You know, right. in, this, in this day and age, when when the – the regular season is a regular season, you're trying to win games oftentimes you're not trying to manufacture early, but you know as well as I do when when game one of a of a three game series, you know, is vital to, to start out and you may look in the second inning or third inning, you know, maybe a leadoff double, bottom of the order or where have you, that you need to man you need to get that run across and you have to start and what that does to me it just it 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 changes the complexion. Of of games and uh, if you can't do it, it doesn't. Now you're just forced on on you getting knocks and and you being better than that pitcher. Well, okay, and pitchers are pretty good. You know they can they can put the ball where they want to. So yeah, I'm 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 all for it. But again, you're you're talking to a senior circuit guy. I mean, I'm I, I just I I loved I love the fact that the safety squeeze to me is like watching the Philadelphia Eagles on fourth down and one. You know. They're going to make it. The safety squeeze, when executed, you're not. You can't defend it. There is. There really is not any way to defend a safety if it's first and third, and you know less than two, and you get a guy that squares and does his job as Derek you just said that puts the bat on the ball. Virtually, almost impossible to defend that play, and it's worth a run. It's, <laughs> and that run might be worth the game. So I don't know how important is it. Probably fairly important to be able to to uh, to do that. So I um, ain't got me all to But speaking of baseball, you know, the, the World Baseball, the Classic is going on with uh, the Red Hawks and American Association. You know, they start the 28th. Is it the 27th today? That's tomorrow. It, 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 no, today's 26th. Today's 26th. That's, okay. Oh, it's Tuesday. So it starts Thursday. And uh, the boys are down. I just texted Chris Coase. He's in Mexico City. With the number of the the players, a number of the Red Hawks there in Yucatan, and uh, that's going on. And we're talking about the Colombian national team, the Mexican Triple A, you know, like almost big league team. When we talk about that, and a number of Red Hawks and American Association guys are playing in that. And uh, and Chris Coast is the manager because whoever won the year before, they house the they they pick the team. They're the manager of the team. So Coasters Chris going to join us from Mexico City, coming up tomorrow. On the program. That's uh, that's thrilling. But, you know, Manny Boscon, Sam Dexter, Leopoldo Pena, Carell Prime, Drew Ward, formerly Red Hawk, Evan Alexander, you know, Alec Olin, Dylan Thomas, all Red Hawks on that team. Colton Davis, Alex DuBord, Tyler Grower. You know, these are pitchers for the Red Hawks all on the American team. I'm kind of excited about that A little round robin. And the ball's going to be pretty good. <laughs> it's going to be pretty good. Did you board the one from Far South South? Yeah, south. Former Bruin, okay. former yeah. Giants uh, Farmhand. Right. So he'll be joining us uh, coming up on that. Uh, Brett, store hours, you're open uh 2 in the afternoon. And Oh, wait, I was thinking of my Williston uh, <laughs> store hours. You were just out in the. Uh...
3: Oh, Williston opens well before 2. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: I was telling yeah. Derek, uh, Brett said, I was just back in your part of the country. He goes, that Applebee's is rocking, <laughs> baby. I said, Of course it is. It's my parents, like, on any special occasion, yeah. it was. Uh, applebee's
3: yeah we're you can 11 to midnight like come out and see us friday saturday we're open to one
1: and happy hours you mentioned <laughs>
3: three to five and nine to close half
1: a half price uh half
3: price apps we got drink specials i mean it just doesn't get any better we got a de- big big brew big brew now and yeah
1: that's uh and i can't guarantee i can't deny that taylor swift will be here this week <laughs>
3: Um, but okay. I can't confirm that. <laughs> <laughs> well, if our sales go up 400%, maybe Derrick, we'll pay her. Derek goes,
1: them. did you see Travis Kelsey jersey sales? Derek, did you see this yeah, story? Yeah.
2: yeah, it's amazing. The Swifties are real. There's no doubt.
1: So. Uh, the spike in jersey sales for the Travis Kelsey. And Kelsey, by the way, probably the first tight end taken in your fantasy draft. So it's not like nobody doesn't know who Travis Kelsey is or is a popular guy. And he's doing some ads and things. <laughs> yeah his jersey sales just went uh spiked 400 percent uh well if this is a
3: publicity stunt it sure is working well <laughs> oh those two are <laughs>
1: laughing all the way to the bank if this is a publicity yeah. <laughs> a publicity stunt and, and all that that is uh uh but we don't know if there's a confirmation of the actual dating
3: yeah who know? we probably won't ever know yeah, it's,
2: uh, it might yeah. just be a whole ruse. I mean, you know, yeah. just, I mean, they talk about scratching each other's back, right? I mean, that's just uh, not that she needs it as much, but uh, this is certainly how many more podcast listeners do you think he and his brother are going to have after this whole?
1: <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, I mean, this
2: is a global story now. Tight ends. Who'd have thunk?
1: Yeah, that's uh, just, yeah. Did I say Eminem's dad, you know, graduated from Williston High School? <laughs> is that right? Yeah. yeah. Marshall Mathers' father. Really, I believe so. Or okay. if he didn't graduate, he's in a yearbook with my friend's uncle.
3: Well, according to half the people listening to you, he did now. <laughs> he did now. <laughs> yeah. uh,
1: Marshall Mathers spent a little time in, in in Willis. I'm not. That's a true story. You know. So that's a uh, that's that's all I can offer our Kelsey Swift story. <laughs> We just turned into a brush with greatness, Applebee's Tuesday. Tuesday afternoon, brush with greatness at Applebee's. Oh, great. It's all good. Uh, We've got Twins Baseball coming up tonight on our sister station, KFGO, the 9790. We have uh, u and Coaches Show uh, tonight at 6 o'clock here on 740 The Fan. Then, Derek, something that, uh, as the brand manager of The Fan, I applaud you in doing. Because the races for the postseason are are, are pretty heavy, we're also going to hear some uh, some West Coast baseball. Yeah, coming up.
2: Uh, exactly. They I, they blew up the game tonight, I do believe. But so tomorrow night we got a little baseball action coming up from ESPN Radio. So looking forward to that. Yeah, it should be good. Yeah,
1: yeah, that's uh, yeah. I, I always know. enjoy
2: that. We'll try to do as much as that as we can because you know it's it's a good product. You know, it's baseball on the radio for crying out loud. It's that's what it's all about. So.
1: Big shout out too to our uh, we we don't forget about the local uh, local athletes and locals going on. I know in after round one of the state class B girls golf tournament, Oak Grove had ten stroke lead on Kindred, and uh, in the Heart River third, Botno four, Park River five. Avery Bartels, who has got to have been building a new trophy case <laughs> there in Kindred, she's just a golfing machine. Uh, she was a two under after the, the only one that, that shot under after round one. So good for her. And EDC golf red river finishing uh, on top Davies, second Cheyenne, third Wapit four and Shanley five. And boy, red river given of course, now that's in Grand Forks and not that home course. I mean, these kids play all over the pace, but uh, you know, hurt, Lexi Bar- Yeah. Lexi Bartley's and Rose Solberg's uh, Davies kids that have been pretty strong, but Jaya a Gruby from red river shot a 69 in the open day. So, all good on, on that front. So that's all good. Our high school game of the week this week, Derek. If I'm not mistaken, our Friday Night Lights. Speaking of our high school coverage, uh, we've got Kindred. Or, no, do we have Kindred Lisbon this week? No,
2: we switched it up because of personal oh, that's reasons.
1: Right. <laughs> well, that's right. We okay. have.
2: Yeah, because uh, Bob couldn't do it. I'm going to be heading back to Barnesville, where you were last week, for War of Barnesville. Earlier start 545. And uh, so, yeah, looking forward to that. and we'll see how that all plays out coming up on Friday
1: night. Check the booth there in Barnesville. I guarantee I left one iced animal cracker. Is that right? From last Friday's homecoming game. Interesting. In, in, in Barnesville. Brett, uh, here at Applebee's, uh, by the way, what's on, on your docket when you have a split four boys and, and, and two are in the upper echelon that are in college and, and two
3: Hockey season is uh, just getting underway right now with the two younger ones.
1: It's so. meaty day mm. for UND hockey tomorrow. The Force have already are already two games deep into yep. their season.
3: Yeah, and hockey season we got a, we got a little breather, but not much of one. So, but I'm excited. Yeah. you know, right. and I don't know what I'm going to do. I've been watching high school hockey for. I'm obviously still going to watch. Right, it, but, but now, my, now you've got in between it. You've got my boys are gone. So I mean, what am I going to do now on a
1: I don't know, but after your summer it's into right this right. fall, I, I, I get other parents have done something. But Father of the Year right now, or Traveler of the Year? Oh, there's there's a did bunch. Did you of,
3: drive to Williamsport? We did, we did. Yeah, we were the only ones crazy enough to do that. On the you team. drove to Williamsport? We did. Yeah, and there is a and, and just there is a bunch of other fathers and mothers <laughs> the, of the year. That's sure, I know. On this team, yeah, everybody, this everybody's, word. Word. everybody's been going crazy, <laughs> but. Uh, yeah, we drove out there, and and uh, what a fantastic drive that was. I mean, I could, you know me, I I can drive. Yeah, you're anywhere. a driver. I, I like driving. So, um, you know, we we drove all the way out there, put about 3,300 miles on the car, and when we got to Monticello, Minnesota, at like seven o'clock at night, on the way back, we got a flat tire. Oh no! <laughs>
1: <laughs> I was gonna say you turned and said, "I'll have the missus drive the rest of the way." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I drove out, drove all the way back to
3: Monticello, and you'd say, "Oh, that's pretty." That well. Yeah, I mean, it was just I'm driving through the the Appalachians. I, it just what a fantastic drive! We got to meet some neat people on the way out there, and it was great.
1: That is awesome. I wouldn't
3: change it for the world.
1: Applebee's is the uh, the place again. That lunch menu is back. Uh, Derek, thanks to uh, to Dick Bremer joining us today on Seven Forty Fan as he does every Tuesday. You can hear that back? His uh, his appearance brought to you by. Jefferson Lines. Our thanks to Brad and his staff here at Applebee's for taking care of us as always and helping getting the word out here on 740. The fan of uh, that lunch menu is back. Two classic options for 10.99. You can add a, a signature. You can upgrade. You can choose a classic plus a signature for a couple of dollars more, and even more so, upgrade uh, premium. So,
3: yeah, it's just a, just the right amount of food for you. I was, uh, yeah,
1: yeah. That's good. That's all. That's all my kind of stuff over there. Fettuccini was phenomenal today. <laughs> all right, thanks, Brett. We'll see you soon. Thanks, guys. Uh, stick around. Common Man is coming up next right here on 740 The Fan, 107.3 FM KNFL.